everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk, the shrink chat version that we do on Fridays where we talk horror and, you know, psyche stuff. I mean, we're always talking about the psychology, but we are. It's a little bit lighter. We have a little bit more fun, although I don't know. We have some fun with the true crime as well. We do. I wanted to share with you, lady friend, that Pennywise, the story of it returns to VHS. VHS? With limited second pressing from lunch meat like i don't know why they're doing that it's because of all this resurgence of anyway now streaming exclusively on the bloody disgusting powered scream box which is the your new horror streamer that everybody's all over uh the acclaimed horror documentary pennywise the story of it an in-depth look at the 1990 miniseries based on Stephen king's novel is coming to blu-ray on november 22nd and lunch meat has announced today that a second pressing of their vhs which i am imagine they did the original one yes vhs it says <laughs> releases also on the way i'm reading this on bloody disgusting the doc's official vhs release is presented in partnership with cult screenings uk dead mouse productions cynodyme scream box bloody disgusting and witter entertainment this special edition double video cassette also includes the extras this is why you and i need to have a blockbuster exactly also it won't be called blockbuster however also includes the extras childhood phobias and the extras <laughs> of it and it the legacy continues you know how they used to have those little mini they, well they do have them on blu-rays now the little mini documentaries yeah. that are like behind the scenes so those things will be included this is the second pressing and it's limited to 50 copies Housed in a full-color dual-deck slipcase, both tapes are pressed on classic black video cassettes. You'll be able to grab yours on Lunch Meat's website for 40 bucks. I mean, by the time you're, you guys are hearing this, they're probably all sold out because they went on sale in November. But I just wanted you guys to know that those were out there. But also that Screenbox has the original series on their platform and also the Blu-ray came out in November. So you should grab it if okay. you're in, if you're into all that and then of course there's a picture of it and it's just like a delightful memory of when we used to buy double video yeah cassettes. i remember those <laughs> i remember those for sure they would titanic was one of them i, oh I remember my God. working at blockbuster when we'd get the doubles and we're like oh i gotta go home this is like a, a you know a Saturday night with popcorn and yeah, two VHS sure. for one movie. Yeah. Like, oh my God, so exciting. Yeah. All the behind the scenes information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Jordan Peele. Yeah. It's already started if you haven't gotten your hands on it yet because the first episode was launched on Tuesday, November 15th. Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw to launch first horror audio series on Spotify. He says, I wanted us us to make the scariest podcast of all time. <laughs> I'm actually, I have not gotten to this yet. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it because what it sounds like is it's going to be a horror <laughs> film mm -hmm. that you get to listen to in the car. So it's called Quiet Part Loud. The first fictional audio series from Peel's Monkey Paw Productions slated to launch exclusively on Spotify. 
uh, started on November 15th, comprises 12 short form episodes that will all be available for you to binge at once if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy Letts, Ariane Moyed, Christina Hendricks, and Taryn Killam star in the podcast. Set up before the Trump presidency, Quiet Part Loud follows Rick Egan, a fear-mongering right-wing radio host who loses his platform in the wake of 9-11 for spreading xenophobic rumors surrounding a group of missing Muslim teenagers. Eight years, the washed-up Egan is slumming it on the convention circuit when a mysterious woman, played by Hendrix, offers a tantalizing revelation. One of the missing teens has reappeared. Egan embarks on a crusade for vindication and ultimately masks a Faustian bargain with a demonic shape-shifting sound monster known as the Blank, played by Killam, which thrives on hatred. Um, so this is another you know, way for Jordan Peele and his production company he says, you know, I'm always looking for new ways to explore and innovate in genre storytelling. So I think it's pretty cool. I thought it was funny that it was supposed to be set before the Trump presidency. Yeah. Before <laughs> that amused me. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone should just know. So that must be important in the, like the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, before all, you know, this is like what launched all of the, the trolls <laughs> yeah, to come yeah. out. I, I love this though, because I, I think what a creative way to be, immersed like it's a he describes it like a very immersive experience just listening to the story almost like you would listen to some crazy you know conspiracy theorist on a podcast and you're listening to it as if it's really happening but it's just like a horror film I don't know I don't think this is true but there's a book called the quiet part loud I don't think it's the same okay so I, I don't know if that's a you know we'll learn we'll learn about it it, it certainly it. emphasizes just disinformation. Yeah. Right. And yeah, how yeah. people just take what they want to hear and make a story about it. Which is right up his alley. Which For is sure. Really great. No, I'm looking forward to listening to that. I wrote it down. I wrote down a newt. Excellent. To uh, check it out. At least subscribe and then get to sure. it eventually. I'll get to it eventually. Damn it. I wanted to mention that it's the holidays, right? Like this is airing right after Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. originally. I wanted to talk a little bit about how this season can be quite difficult for people. You know, the holiday season blues type of thing. I don't know. Does that is that something that resonates with you sometimes, or is it not really a sad think, time for you? Um, it's just depend. Like it not it isn't it's something like every year I dread it because of X, Y, and Z. But I have had right. seasons where I wasn't in the biggest right mood to celebrate and right. there's a lot of pressure for people to feel really good around that time absolutely. and cheerful yeah absolutely i think that's probably similar for me i would just add that you know when there's more difficult times in my life right relationship difficulties or breakups people that have died that year there tends to be a, a ton of ennui you know about what the holiday was last year and how it's different this year kind of thing. And that can, that can get me in my feels for sure. And I don't, the way I have coped with it in general has been to just not engage as much in the holiday season. I still do the things. I still watch the movies that are my favorite, you know, I'll just feel a little detached from it. I'll still see people, et cetera, but I maybe won't decorate. I mean, there's been many years of my life where I haven't decorated because it's like, you know what? I'm just going to, ease off the Mm -hmm. because it's something I don't want to do and like what you're saying there's this pressure right Mm -hmm. to do certain things and act a certain way and be in a certain mood for the holidays the way I have handled it in the past 
has been to simply not do things I wasn't feeling completely authentically for. You right. know, I've done I've done that many times in my life, but usually associated with a a difficult year or a difficult time. But I also, you know, we're going to talk about this whole topic a little bit more in a mini cast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we are on Patreon and we do mini casts every week for our patrons. Did you know there's like 85 of them on there now? <laughs> I was looking at that. I was like, oh, I have to tell Kathy. There's oh, like really? 85 mini casts. And then, yeah, there's all, it's just funny how, you know, you just work. They just right? add up. You just yeah. keep going and you work. And then all of a sudden there's a hundred things or whatever. I found this article and we're going to do more in a mini cast, but I did want to bring a couple of the things to the show. It's from psychology today and it's called seven ways to cope with the holiday season blues. And I just wondered if, we agree or not, or if, you know, sometimes psychology today articles can be really great. And sometimes, you know, they're kind of generic or surface. And one of the reasons for that, in case you guys don't know, is a lot of the psychology today writers aren't paid. And some are and some aren't. Mm -hmm. But I've had lots of writer friends kind of launch their writing careers on psychology today, right? Having a column, writing articles on there for no money. Gotcha. To get you know, to get credit yeah, on, on get noticed. So, so sometimes it's like you're churning stuff out and you're not making any money. So maybe you don't do as much work, but a lot of the articles are great. So let's see. So I just wanted to mention one or two of these things and then we'll move on. But so seven tips to reduce the Thanksgiving blues is what this says, but I would say just holiday blues in general. So the first one is accepting your feelings. So like giving yourself permission to not be in the spirit and it's okay to refrain from feeling the need to give thanks, be you and be authentic to yourself. So that, strangely, that kind of speaks to what I was saying is like, okay, I'm not feeling it as much this year. Right. And okay, that means I'm going to have Chinese takeout for Thanksgiving. Or mm-hmm. that means I'm, you know, not going to go to all the Christmas parties because I'm not really, it's like, you know they'll, they'll survive without me. I, I just, I feel like I would go and not really want to be there. So I'm going to stop. So just kind of accepting that, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's a good way to go. So that's just the first thing it says in this article and we'll have a longer conversation about it in the mini cast. I don't want to take up too much time on the horror show with that, but yeah, I don't but know. It, I think it's an interesting topic. This it time is because people do, sometimes people end up having seasons where they're alone and they for whatever reason especially during covid was a big one people couldn't be around family or couldn't travel and yeah the pressure to be cheerful and you know and and the i think the opposite of that would be to in times where the the situation is bad versus the mood that someone might be in like covid was more situational i think people did try their best to engage in it but it was hard to do that because the world was not the same no, it wasn't. We were all so isolated. But I would I would put that in the camp of of a hard year and difficult things were happening and so yeah. the holidays are different and, and they I felt think, so different. Oh it felt it felt really different. I mean, for those of you who were still able to celebrate and enjoy them and make the most of it, you know, my hat's off to you because that was a difficult thing to make happen. So yeah. you know, the next thing we're gonna do is a little thing that we like to call <laughs> mm-hmm. that's uh horror facts with kath yeah it sure is <laughs> the death metal version the gore <laughs> yeah yeah exactly 
version. <laughs> Number one. I mean, you do have a decapitated clown head over there that I you do. destroyed right here on the. On oh, the, right on here, the doodad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, gore. Oh, I don't know. Shannon, (laughs) what did they do with many of the bodies guillotined during the French Revolution? So the bodies, not the heads, is what you're saying? The bodies. Okay. Yeah, great distinction, though. It's important. I just, you know, I got to get my facts clear. (laughs) Why do bed mattresses gain weight over time? (laughs) I think I know this one, and it's gross and horrifying. (laughs) Number three, who is the oldest horror character? Oh, hmm. Okay, I have ideas. Number four, what, and you get a choice on this one. Sweet. What horror movie grossed the most, didn't mean for that to <laughs> rhyme. Like a little tune. In 2021, was it A, Quiet Place Part 2, B, Candyman, or C, Halloween kills. Oh, interesting. Okay. And number five, this film production company began in 2012. Its first film was a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan, the third. Hmm. The movie, wait, what? The movie, their first film. Okay. Got it. Was called a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan, the third. Okay. Got it. Great. No, just kidding. (laughs) I think I know a couple of those. Should be I'll be yeah, very interested. I'm sure you do. I'd be very interested to know what happens, honestly, with that. Uh, and they're so gross. It's always so gross. Oh no. I know. So I watched this found footage movie called Deadstream that I realized I watched it a bit ago that but I realized we didn't talk about it on the show and it's actually a really good one so okay. I should at least mention I think I've heard it, of this mention it in hindsight I maybe I mentioned it to you I don't know I know we watched it on our discord which is for patrons only but it's a 2022 found footage horror comedy it's like you know about it's a little less than 90 minutes and it has gotten good reviews and sort of saying you know see there's still life in found footage but found footage fans don't care Right. They like all the garbage. But every now and then there's a really good one mm-hmm. that appeals to all of us, mm-hmm. not just people who love found footage. So sure. after a public controversy left him disgraced and demonetized, a washed up internet personality tries to win back his followers by live streaming himself spending one night alone in a haunted house. <laughs> So at the beginning, you've got the whole very affected, hey, I'm here in the haunted house, you know, the internet personality on YouTube that, you know, we've all sort of seen and watched, but an over the top version, of course, you know, tonight I'm here and he's live, you know, they do the live stream. I saw that. I haven't seen it, but I saw the trailer for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the live streams where they're at at Disneyland or whatever. Well, this is this guy goes to live stream and spend nights in haunted houses and stuff like that. So. When he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, his comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life. So the idea also at the beginning is that he's not only a internet personality, but, you know, sort of, like it said, disgraced and demonetized. And so he's trying to have a comeback. So he goes to this haunted house. And unfortunately, (laughs) as he faces off with the sinister spirit of the house and her own powerful following. So... It's interesting and it's pretty good. I it's pretty good because it's funny to me. Okay. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's a horror comedy, so it doesn't take itself too seriously. So 
you know, it's like a kind of a douchebag guy in a haunted house being yeah. a douchebag internet guy. And, but he's also kind of funny and kind of weird. And then, you know, and it pops off pretty fast, which I also like. I don't like to have my found footage drag on and on because it's like, we know what this is. We know what the tropes are. Like, mm -hmm. let's just get to it. Mm -hmm. And then some, you know, a couple of unexpected things happen throughout. So I would, I would give it a recommend if you can tolerate found footage and even if you're trying to find good found footage because you don't really like to watch the crap this this would be on that list okay yep i like a good found footage and every now and then yeah because you and i kind of feel it. i think the they are few and far between <laughs> yeah <laughs> i watched pearl oh okay because i know you and i were gonna have a talk a discussion about it sure <laughs> it's so wild <laughs> i know i mean i love Ty West is so unapologetic mm -hmm. about how much of a nut he is. And her character is great. Mm -hmm. So just to reiterate, if people don't know, it's the, it's, I guess the prequel yes. to X, which, you know, we find out that Pearl is connected to, um, what's the other character? Is it Maxine? I think so. Yeah. Through dreams, right? They obviously have a very similar story growing up and it explains Maxine's trauma through the character of Pearl. So trapped on her family's isolated farm, Pearl must tend to her ailing father under the bitter overbearing watch of her devout mother, lusting for a glamorous life. Like she's seen in the movies, Pearl finds her ambitions, temptations, and repressions all colliding in this origin story of X's iconic villain. So Shannon talked about the movie in another episode. So I'm just going to talk about my reactions to it, which is the ending was amazing. I know, right? And I love the, you know, besides the animal killing and abuse yeah. that is very, I warned you about <laughs> and it's 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 short though yes it's, it's it not all throughout yes, it is. that the ending it's like all of a sudden the movie changes from this what i thought felt like an lsd trip mm. to this bloodbath ensues and pearl's character is so 1950 well she's not she's it's much yeah. older than that but you know what i mean like the, the the coloring and she's doing all this theater and all this theatric and then the next thing you know she's murdering everyone yeah she's a bit off from the beginning of course she is yeah she's bit off but my <laughs> god and it's really it's like the whole story is really just what's going on in her head uh and living you know what it feels like to live as her um, yeah for sure but it, but if you like slashers it's a great slasher. Yeah. And I, that's why I thought perhaps that you would like it. Cause I think it's, a, it was pretty fun. It's a lot of fun from that perspective. And I also know that we do a lot of female psychopathy on this show. So when the third one comes out, cause there's going to be a third one, of course, I figure we could do all three as a female psychopath uh, episode because that, that is oh, the, sure. that is the center of X and Pearl is the female psychopathy. Like yep. that, that is at the center of those movies. So maybe that'll be a lot of fun. I'm glad you liked it. It was Yay. fun. It was a fun time. I also watched a movie called Piggy, which is 2022 horror mystery thriller, 90 minutes. It's from Spain. This was a movie that was at Sundance and I didn't get to see it. It was when Sundance was online, I think last year. And, you know, I just had limited time and I only got to see a handful of movies, but I finally sat down and watched it. So it's with the summer sun beating down on her rural Spanish town, Sarah hides away in her parents' butcher shop. A teenager whose excess weight makes her the target of incessant bullying, she flees a clique of capricious girls who torment her at the town pool, 
only to stumble upon them being brutally kidnapped by a stranger who drives off with them in his van. When the police begin asking questions, Sarah keeps quiet. Intrigued by the stranger, an interest that's mutual, she's torn between revealing the truth and protecting the man who saved her. This is a good movie, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you like something that is uncomfortable to watch, if you have trigger warnings around being bullied, that is definitely there and makes it more uncomfortable. There is also a relationship at the center of this between this teenage girl and this psychopath who's murdering people. And it's dark and it's, like I said, uh, Spanish, so subtitles and or dubbed. You can watch it either way. And their relationship is very interesting and it's not romanticized in any way. But from the very first moment that they interact even with a glance, it's so well acted mm. and put together so well that there's this slow burn of like what the F is going to happen between these two. But there's also a ton of, you know, the boys bully her, the girls bully her and it's a revenge horror. Yeah. But it does take you in a couple of different other kinds of directions because she has a family too that aren't the kindest. So it's really, it's really, it sounds like there's mental, some mental health stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is. And, uh, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, the critics really liked it. Uh, I mean, you know, people who reviewed it are all over the place, but I, I enjoyed it. But again, I'm not saying it's a comfortable movie to watch. It's an uncomfortable movie to watch, Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you have triggers around bullying. So, but anyway, I would recommend it. Sounds good. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I watched a a movie called Old People. Me too. Oh, let's talk about it. All right. Okay. So it's a German film that just came out for Netflix this year. And it's about a, a woman travels home with her two kids for her sister's wedding, but finds herself defending her family against blood-seeking pensioners. So the movie's really a metaphor for, you know, the most vulnerable population tends to be the elder community and the lack of protective factors in place. They certainly drive home the the lack of trust in and care in nursing homes. But what ends up happening is, to look at it from a horror standpoint, is the, the elders in this town end up developing... Um, this virus that they essentially become zombies and they start to kill other people in their town who then have to start taking them out. And there's one family in particular that they're focusing on and how the grandfather has turned. And I mean, here's the thing, you know, there's, there's a movie that came out a couple of years ago. I think a Spanish one that was very similar. I think it was called the elderly. Yeah. This has certainly been done before the idea. I think that, Older people are vulnerable. I mean, there's some real strong commentary on some of these things. I thought the movie, I would probably give it like no more than two and a half stars. It was okay. I didn't hate it. It just, I felt like I wasn't really pulled into it all that much. I don't know how you feel, but. Yeah, same. I actually did give it two and a half stars. Oh, you did? Um, Okay. One of the things I would say is that I did see a lot of the articles talking about how they were quote unquote zombies and how the description of the movie says that they're zombies. But 
They aren't what I would call zombies. No. They know what they're doing. So that's, that's true. actually an interesting piece of this is that the zombies actually have Yeah, they're not mindless. They, they have agency. Yeah. This. So so to me that's not a zombie. But I but I get what they're saying. What to me it was more like hive mind. They, uh, ha- they had kind of a hive mind going, true. which is you kind of figure you kind of find out why that is in this movie. So I won't ruin that. But for me, it felt like the allegory of like leaving old care and old people in care homes, you know, and uh, the kind of they become. Uh, what did I write? I wrote some notes. It's like rageful, menacing psychopaths because they yeah. they get this hive mind going thing and then they become psychopaths and they start killing people. So doesn't that sound interesting? Yes, it does. That's why we watched it, probably. But what happened is the script was way too long and slow. And there were all these side stories that could have been cut. Like, it, if you just want to do hive mind and old people becoming psychopaths or zombies or whatever and killing everybody and make a slasher, why not? But, I mean, so the parts that worked, you know, the fact that I thought the performances were pretty good. Performances were great. Yeah, and I thought it w- the first half of it was really creepy. Like yep. there was definitely a creepy vibe to it. Agreed. But then it the ending fell didn't. Apart. The ending did not. Right. They did not stick the ending. No, they did not. And they got like long and slow there in the middle, and I kind of lost consciousness. And then but. it kind of tried to turn itself back into a drama with yeah. the ending, and I was like, Yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm no. already. I've already checked out. And so, but so, but that's the two and a half. Is that. If you like anything about what we said, then you might like it just for atmosphere or just if you're into that trope, you know, et cetera. Like, I'm not saying it's a one star, you know, it's right. I have to I have to want to watch something again to give it three stars. So I just couldn't go there. But I there are parts that worked. I enjoyed. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) The last movie I was going to mention is this movie called Kuzo which we watched, uh, there's a member of our community whose nickname is Ice, and every month he hosts an event called Weird Wednesday in our Discord. And this month we all got to watch Kuzo from 2017, which is a drama mystery. The bizarre mutated survivors of Los Angeles' nightmarish earthquake, which you can't even tell that's why. can't even tell that's what's at. Like, I had to literally read that description to know that was what was happening. Broadcast their stories on a makeshift network of discarded televisions. And the director's Flying Lotus. Here's the thing. (laughs) What did I write? It was something like, this is Adult Swim on Crack or something like that. I'm looking at the poster right now. So, again, on an event that we do called weird Wednesday. So just take that into consideration. It is definitely an adult swim on crack. So if you like adult swim, but, and it goes like very much past that it's really gory. It's really gross. Lots of practical effects and, uh, and mostly like an- clay animation type of stuff. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's, it was funnier than I thought it would be because the first chunk of it, you're just like, man, this is disgusting. And then you, pr- you press on because it's an event, <laughs> you know, that your friend is hosting and your friends are watching and you're like, okay, I just, I'm going to get through this. There's been so much hype and like, oh, it's a gross blah, yeah. blah, blah, that I had to go. It ended up being, there were funny parts, but they don't hold back on the gross things that can happen sure like there are anuses involved and i mean of course they're fake and animated or whatever but yeah adult swim-esque i mean i give it a one and a half stars it's never going to cross my eyeballs again (laughs) if i can help it excellent yeah and i and i didn't know what was happening and i didn't care 
But some of these characters are great. Oh. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the different characters. Good, the, good. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things about like, if you're really deep in the horror like we are, then you, of course you should watch it from our description. <laughs> but if you're not, then don't. Great. The last one I'll mention, if uh, again, just out there, and if you like, just you know, want some dumb, mindless fun, is it's the thirteenth episode, I think first episode of the second season. Oh boy, of Hulu's horror horror anthology, Into the Dark, and it's oh, called yeah. uh, Uncanny Annie. Okay, you know. It's fun. If you like to watch stupid teenagers get sliced and diced, it's a fun one. <laughs> Which you do. And it, I watched it um, a, a little while ago now. So it was on a Halloween night, a group of college students get trapped in a mysterious board game that brings their darkest secrets and fears to life where they must play to escape and win to survive. So it's kind of like a really haunted Jumanji. Okay. And they take you off into these really, um, the second they get engaged into the game, like they try to leave the house and they realize the house is now in this different dimension. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's dumb fun, but I, it's, it's entertaining enough to, if you know just what you're getting into, it's kind of a fun one. That's fun. And I mean, you like all that stuff. I do. So I imagine it was a nice 90 minutes or whatever. And none of these characters are likable. So you're so happy when they start ah, dying. Which is a fun horror experience. It is. Yeah. Okay. You cool. really want Annie to just take them all out. <laughs> Come on, Annie. Do it for us. She, yeah. Amazing. Well, now we need to do that thing that we like to call the answers to. <laughs> Gore. If this was, if we were doing like a video version of this episode, we'd have like Gore come in real quick and like show on the screen and then come off just for that. That'd be like an adult swim right there. Yeah, right. All right. Number one, what did they do with many of the bodies guillotined during the French Revolution? Uh, Well, my sick mind wants to say they made you know, uh, some stew out of them. And then because, you know, but that would be awful because they're, I don't know. And then the other thing is I, I just thought they burn them. I don't know. You were close with the stew. Okay. They didn't eat them, but they did wear them. So they skinned <laughs> them to be made into boots, pants, and jackets. My God. And men's skin was tougher and preferred. Okay. Thank so if you. you were wearing a pair of boots, maybe it was your neighbor. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Right. <laughs> and jackets imagine putting like you might be wearing someone's back okay. and it would be socially acceptable well yeah i mean because repurpose leather uh, I, <laughs> well it's I mean, vegan uh, it is it's organic and sustainable behavior because I mean, that's what hunters say about animals now, right? If they live in Alaska or somewhere yeah, where they you eat do all have the to meat. hunt to live, they eat yes. all the meat, they use all the pieces, that's and right. they wear all the skin. That's That would be socially acceptable. I can't. I can't. Okay. Except this isn't a deer. This is like Norm, who lives next door, who got his head chopped off. Yeah, for transgressions. It's like bad mojo yeah. in, Ooh, in, in, in my coat. Seriously. <laughs> Number two, why do bed mattresses gain weight over time? Well, I don't know the details, but I do know that we have a lot of bed mites in our bed bugs in our beds. And over time, they're in there and they die and makes our mattresses heavy. So 
the mites and our dead skin. There it is. Which is why it's important, folks, to maybe put a mattress pad down and wash that every now and then. I don't want... Who's the oldest horror character? Well, immediately I thought it's got to be a universal horror. It's one of them. It's like... um, You got like a 20% chance. I know, right? (laughs) You know, because what? There's like Dracula and everybody. And I don't know. I just remember seeing the old werewolf movies. So werewolf? Yes. The lycanthrope. <laughs> yeah, the werewolf. The re- the only reason why I thought maybe it would be I went with I was like Dracula or the werewolf mm-hmm. was kind of where I was and the reason why I didn't pick Dracula is cuz I felt like I felt like Nosferatu or whatever was a little bit later. I think it was. Older- yeah. No, werewolf's like in you know that's also there's so much culture around the lycanthrope, like even in science fiction and yeah, I mean, psychology. It's a really and, old yeah. idea. And I just wonder when the first werewolf movie was made. So I'm going to try to look it up. And then number five, or number four, excuse me, what horror movie grossed the most in 2021? Was it Quiet Place Part Two, Candyman, or Halloween Kills? Um, Quiet Place Two? Correct. Okay. Hun- I just, I knew that one. I knew it wasn't Halloween Kills for sure. That was second. So it was $160,215,764 for Quiet Place Part Two, over $92 million for Halloween Kills, and over $61 million for Candyman. Yeah, I knew Candyman didn't do that well. So yeah. I knew it wasn't that one. And I did not think it was Halloween Kills because, well, that wasn't that, good either. That movie was pretty divisive. Well, Candyman actually was good. It just didn't. Oh, do yeah. yeah. I agree. But Halloween Kills just wasn't good. I, it was divisive. It was. <laughs> I'll just I'll say that. I know a lot of people liked it, so I know it made some money. But it, what made money is that we were all going out on opening weekend to see it. Yeah. That's and, what made money. All, we were all happy to not, be out. Not of, our reviews of it. Well, and happy <laughs> to be able to be back in the theater again. It was 2021. Yes. Yes. That was a very enjoyable evening, even the bitching and moaning oh, afterwards. God. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then this film production company began in 2012. Its first film was A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III. Oh, I absolutely have no idea. I wouldn't have known that was them at A24. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm not even sure I've seen that movie. I have not. Okay. Never heard of it. Well, there it is. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We enjoy you very much. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good one. I uh, We are recording this a little bit before Thanksgiving, so I can just tell you that I probably very much enjoyed my Thanksgiving dinner because I ordered it all from Cracker Barrel. And this is not an ad for that place, but... <laughs> You just just, made one. I just made one. I decided to order all of the Thanksgiving food from Cracker Barrel this year because I'm just not in the mood to do any of the cooking. I hear you. So that's what happened. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Excellent. Slave safe. Goodbye.